Welcome to Inside the Firm, where we talk about how to start, grow, and run a business. I am Alex Gore. I am Lance Seiko. Uh, we are the principals of F9 Productions. Uh, we have an architecture firm. We run an online passive income uh, website, and then we're developers too, so real estate developers. And here's where we lay it, lay it bare, let you come inside the firm and talk about what's happening, and hopefully we can all grow together. So welcome, welcome. Uh, to start off the show, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to touch base on today was it's sort of a might not apply to everybody, but I think it's possible. So uh, if you're an architect, you're a builder, you're a designer, you're somebody who's unique and does unique things, business-wise, it doesn't matter what it is, there might be a chance that you get contacted by a TV producer or a production company at some point. And this could be almost anyone because there's undercover boss, there's um, blue-collar millionaires, there's, you know, it, it applies to every, every business they're, they're filming these days, I feel like it. Right. I mean, uh, Desperate Housewives, right? Or whatever the, what was the, what was the one, uh, Jersey Moms or I don't know, like any kind of reality crap, right? So everybody, everybody could be, be part of this. So, so we get contacted. Those pregnant ones, like having 18 kids, you got, if you're alive, you got something they're filming. (laughs) If, if there's CO2 coming out of your mouth and oxygen coming in your nostrils, yeah. What was that, uh, muskrat one? muskrat one where is it the guy where he goes around and like he wrangles turtles and stuff like that is that what you're talking about so it's called muskrat manor or something like that someone's gonna know and basically or ground it's basically ground hogs and they just tape them and they make up stories about them like oh and he's going to see his wife now and that's his girlfriend oh with the animals animals yeah (laughs) muskrat manor i so if you're an animal listening you might want to take some notes. Exactly. You might want to take some notes. So Alex and I, uh, we, were on, we did a couple of television appearances. And since then, but even before then, for some reason, we've always gotten contacted by producers. And the frequency has happened. Uh, it, it keeps increasing. So we probably, at this point, it's probably like one or two producers will, will contact us per month. Um, and it's usually through an email. Every once in a while, we'll get a phone call and stuff. So if the people, I know other people have gotten those emails and they forwarded them to us and they're like, is this a scam? And we thought it was originally too. I remember our first one, we thought it was a scam. And then I go, no, it's, it's not. It's the one where we filmed in my apartment and they said, God, you were the first guys that didn't just do a straight on shot. You actually set up the shot. And by set up the shot, we put each other on a couch and we backed the camera away. Like that's all we did. Remember they were interviewing what did they? Architects. What did they say? They you, go, you're the first one that did what? Yeah, set up the shot. He's, they're like, we had, we were looking for architects. Don't even remember what the show was. It was, I broke my leg. Remember, I was looking pale. Remember this? <laughs> yeah, you were Because I had to like stand up by my... <laughs> you were looking awful, yeah. <laughs> and we had to fake... I was drained of oh, energy. And the, right, and then we had to, we were like, we literally had to fake that you didn't break your leg. Yeah, we had to not show my leg <laughs> because we're like, hopefully it will not be broken by the time we do it. Yep. Said, we've gotten so... Uh, Many videos from architects, and all they do, like, I wish we need to YouTube this, but Lance we is, just keep saying that Lance <laughs> is three feet away from me, four feet away from me, and they put the, the camera like from right here and just basically show your face. And we showed, you know, down to our hips or not to our hips, but the bottom of our torso, yeah, bottom of our torso. We were sitting on the couch, something that was more like, you know, what. Normal. Everybody not, else's not like face was cl- just right in the camera, yeah. freaking them out, huh? My, my name is Bob Architects. I like <laughs> design. Did you know that in Denver there's a there's a firm called uh, Joe Architect? That's kind of. Have awesome. you ever seen that? It's on like he advertises on the side of REI. I don't know why I'm talking. Yeah. yeah. Is his logo just black J? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, 
I know you've seen it. I swear you've seen it. Next time you go down by REI. Kind of like house beer, like just it's just, just house. house. It's a beer. It's, it, what, what kind of beer are you gonna have? I'll have the house beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so back to the email. So believe it or not, they are not scams, and oftentimes when you, but they are like mass emails. So somehow you get put on a list of, and somehow you these lists keeps keeps perpetuating, right? And like they're just you just keep getting more and more inquiries. Um, so what, well, here's, here's the typical rundown. You'll get the email, either you believe it or you don't. If you believe it and you're actually interested in it, it doesn't matter, it, it, you know, and they, they will describe, okay, hey, we're this producer. We've done, in the first paragraph, we've done X, X, and X. They kind of, you know, pluff, fluff themselves up as best as, prop themselves yeah. up as best they can. And we've done this kind of show, this kind of show. We're now looking to produce the next, you know, this show, and then we're looking for talented X. And, and normally how it will work is HGTV won't contact you. DIY network won't contact you. It's a bunch of independent producers. They make the shows that are either uh, sold to those companies or their companies, the big companies tell them to go make it. So that's why, it, just to let you know, it's CNN is not going to call you. That, Joe's, see, Joe that, producer is going to call you. That's where it would actually be a scam. So that would be the way to tr- see if it's a scam. You know, like, if, oh, is it CNN contact? Well, me? NBC did contact me once. But right. anyways, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we actually confirmed that yesterday. So we had we had we had a meeting where we were talking about doing some video stuff with with another colleague down here in Denver, and uh, he had a producer who used to work with um, some of the you know HGTV and DIY network and stuff. And we actually confirmed that with them. They're like, oh yeah, that's how it works. It's these private companies yeah. that pitch to the big guys. Shout out Art of Construction. Yeah, yeah uh, So you'll get that email. You read through it. Either you reply to it or you throw it away. If you reply to it, <clears throat> the next thing they'll do is they say. You know, they'll, they will say, okay, let's do a phone interview. You do a phone interview. They want to see if you're dead or alive, basically. I mean, honestly, they want to know if like you have personality. Yeah. So they will ask you, it'll be like 10, 15 minute phone call. And then if you kind of pass that quick litmus test of like, oh, look, they have personality. And then maybe they have the skill set that they're looking for to do the show. Right. Then you'll do a Skype interview. Um, and, and then the Skype interview is just an expanded on those initial questions. Honestly, it feels almost like the same thing. How did you meet? What's your story? What do you think of design? How, you, right? It's the same. For, it's in the same ballpark of questions, just longer. Yep. And then, so that's probably the first half of that Skype interview. And then the second half of the Skype interview is they really will try to curtail your answers to like whatever show. show you're pitching, right? Yeah. Animals are the coolest. Yeah. I love animals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, oh, it's Meerkat Manor. Bam, Meer- I just figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we should call this episode. Yeah, yeah. Meerkat Manor. Yep. <laughs> Everyone will tune in. Most popular show. Yeah. All of a sudden the podcast gets popular. They literally just film meerkats. And make stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. So you do the Skype interview and then <clears throat> from there, uh, it's recorded because what they're trying to do is they're trying to put together a talent reel for you okay so they record this hour-long Skype interview they're going to cut it and sort of edit it in, the, in whatever way they need to and then and then after that you have like an opportunity and they say okay send as many pictures that you have of you and your family um, or you and your business partner or your firm or your company or whatever you're doing that illustrate that kind of again helps with like whatever they're going to show their pitching so if it's meerkat man or like oh you dressed up as a furry Right? Type, sure. <laughs> type of thing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally, they're of our architecture or us hiking or our family. Always put in some baby shots because babies are cute. Yeah. 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 Um, and, then, and then from there, so then they go, at that point, they go and pitch 
if they like the demo reel that they kind of put together, then you get shortlisted once again. So, you know, you're going from like a pool of maybe, I don't know, thousands of different people in that email yep. and you go to a phone interview. It just keeps getting narrowed down. And I'd say by the time you Skype interview, you're probably one of 10. You probably, yeah, I would, I think so. Cause time, like they're, these people are taking, and every time you're on a Skype interview, it's always 45 minutes at least. Exactly. And there are people that are busy. They're either in New York or LA, one of the two, right. every single time. Um, and you can tell when it's in New York cause it's a crappy little apartment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dark <laughs> little apartment with no light, no windows. Yep. So then they go and pitch the show to the, to the networks. And then you just, you hear back yes or no, or like, uh, you know, if, if, Things are going to work out and stuff like that. And I would say normally you hear crickets. And the reason why you hear crickets is because at least for in our profession, they want to film you building something. And they want to have 12 episodes. So they want you building 12 projects, right? Well, one, that's logistically hard to find that many clients that do that cool stuff. But then two, you have to draw it. You have to design it. You have to get it through the building department, which in Colorado is a nightmare. LA is a nightmare. Uh, Vegas is a night. I'm sure most places besides like the Midwest, North Dakota, shout out, North shout Dakota out. permit and gas stations in two weeks with no comments. Yeah. Um, so then there's that. And then you got to build the whole thing. So it, it, it normally comes down to, Oh, because it's all these independent producers, they don't realize that like each show there's $750,000 going in to that show that, you guys aren't bringing and you guys aren't paying for. If you do a whole show, they'll pay you a talent fee, right? Yep. But they're not going to pay to build your project or anything like that. They're not going to put in that kind of money unless you are, um, what's that big one with Ty where they make houses for poor people and um, they reveal the house because it was, you know. Super popular in the early 2000s. Yeah. I can't remember what the heck is. But anyways, it'll come to me. And how they even pay it for it is that they get a local contractor and that guy kind of donates all of it just to be on TV. So they re- like you're so, going to pay for exactly. it. Exactly. So <clears throat> no no try to under try to get inside the head of these TV producers, these independent producers and like what they're thinking. All they're thinking of is they're thinking of the end product. They and they're thinking of the end product and then they're thinking of the talent at the beginning and they aren't thinking about the meat in the middle. And the meat in the middle is what we do all day long as architects or designers or developers is we are Worrying about the, how do we get the client? How do we get the money? How do we get through permitting and all that stuff? So, <clears throat> and it's, so right now, I won't name names, but like we've been in contact with a producer, and we're hope, we're shortlisted. We they're they're pitching the demo reel like last week slash this week for a potential show that we might co-host. Okay, yep. that's all I can really say. But <clears throat> leading up to the interviews, I was like, Alex, hey, we're gonna jump on. We're gonna do this phone call and stuff like that, and. Al was kind of deflated. <laughs> totally. <laughs> he's just like, I looked we, over you. We, I'm like, he's like, are we really doing this again? Because, and, and for, and rightly so, like the deflation was absolutely just because of all the things we just mentioned. It is a problem. Like they, they do not understand all the hurdles involved. Yep. So the only way it's worked for us and worked for Devin Tilly of Arctic Construction is Basically, what happens for him and us is they're already taping a show. They're already having. They've already taped three or four episodes, and they need one more. And they and and some actually some of these producers are in Colorado too. Um, so there's are, they, yeah. So there is like this LA to, to Denver connection, one hundred percent. So hey, we need someone. Can you do it? And the same rules applied. We paid for everyone. He was on Joe's versus Pros. Yes, Pro, Joe's yeah. versus Pros. Yep. Um, so we paid for the entire tiny house ourselves. 
Um, and that's why we won't do it without getting paid, you know, basically again. again yep. Uh, so just, know, and, and when we were talking to Devin and then he brought a, a, a producer lady, um, she says it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot because there's someone making a decision. It's either one person or it's a committee. And then the producers are pitching all the ideas. And sometimes the producers think this is perfect for, uh, basically our TV. And she said the one, you know, she worked for probably not directly, but under the one that Mark Cuban, yeah. it was just whatever he wanted. So like it was just, <laughs> just imagine Mark Cuban. Well, exactly. Yeah. If you've ever watched shark tank, like you're just like, I don't know. He's kind of, a, he's kind of like a shoot from your hip, but also very, he's a dichotomy. Yeah. He's crazy. Yeah. So in just, a good way. Yeah. So th- that's the other thing. Like, um, this one showed the most recent one that we, sorry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I made him eat the mic. Sorry. Yeah. The most recent one we interviewed for, we thought as hosts, we'd be perfect if they could line up all the meat. If they could do all the meat, the the way we answered the questions, like I was down, but then I, I was on fire during the interview. That's what, the, that's, what, that's what ended up being hilarious about the whole thing is like, oh, Al, Al ended up completely crushing it yeah, and had no interest in doing it at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Like, uh, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to drag you into any more of these. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's tough. Um, but what I was going to say is that we feel like, man, we'd be great hosts. We, we, we hit exactly who they want to have on the show, knowing just our backgrounds align. Like alignment is a key. But that doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Because it's just a uh, guy decides, nope, can't do this, can't do this, whatever. So there it, you go. It remi- <laughs> Yeah. And on, so our expectations are incredibly low you know, right. for, for any, of, any of these things. So I think if you... It, it is, but know that, so if anybody who's ever going to go down this road and try it for the first time, it is exciting. It is very exciting right away, but know that like uh, the only advice I would give you, the unsolicited advice here, which everybody loves is just lower your expectations. 100%. Just lower them down there. That way you'll be pleasantly surprised. And then this, uh, the second advice that we realized after doing three of these and getting none of them before we got HGTV, me or you looked at each other and one of us said, oh, we have to do everything ourselves. Yeah. We have to pay for everything ourselves. We need to get everything. We need to coordinate everything ourselves. So just even with them coming out to shooting, we had to coordinate it. We needed to tell them like, okay, we're going to be building this. Help with the. Well, how about previous to the actually doing a show when we when we did that Sizzler? We did a we did a Sizzler where, yeah. and I, I think I can disclose this now. It's been so long. We we shot a Sizzler at one point, which is like a it's kind of like a pilot episode. Yeah, a pre pilot. Pre-pilot, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's what, yeah. the, what they would pitch. But we there was a crew that came out, flew out. We filmed it at Alex's apartment. And then we even had the lineup. Like, they were like, well, do you have any job sites you can go to? So we had to contact, like, these contractors and, like, pretend like we were building stuff. And that whole thing. So, like, e- even if you even if they're willing to come out and do this stuff, you're still going to have to line up all these still locations your and whole everything. Day. Your, whole, your whole day. Yeah, it was an yeah. exhausting day. Yeah. So anyway, there's some there's some niche advice. There we go. Now let's move on to the next segment called Civil Wars. <laughs> Civil Wars. You like that? I love it. I so love this it. is this that's is, what we should call the episode. I'm gonna write these down. Keep yeah, going. write that down. Uh, I I have a couple stories. It's it's just about basically project management, and it has to do with civil engineers. So architects work with structural engineers, civil engineers, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, plumbing engineers, landscape art. So it could be anyone. Obviously, in your job whoever's listening, you work with a bunch of other people. Yep. And the only kind of two stories I want to relate to is that the first one, we have this huge project and we have uh, OAC meetings, which means owner architecture co- contractor. Yep. And basically I felt like I was getting pushed to be in charge of the site, the whole site. 
and and this is, there's roads, there's setbacks, there's uh, sidewalks. It's huge. You know, there's a, a bunch of. How many acres in, is it, honestly? You know, uh, too many. Too many. <laughs> but anyways, I'm always at the meeting. Sometimes the contractor's there, sometimes it's not. Sometimes the civil's there, sometimes it's not. So when something needs drawn. So is it really an OA mostly? OA. OA sometimes OA C sometimes yeah okay there you go OA plus and there's just turning radius and and honestly I do not want to be responsible for that and also ADA getting all these units because ADA has to match grade it's not for me to do that and then mess up their grade and change their grade when there's drainage and everything it's not really my area of responsibility or expertise or expertise so you know, I was talking to Mark and thinking, and I was probably talking to you. How, how do I gently push back? Like, I need to stop doing the drawings, and you guys need to start doing the drawings. And basically, it just came to um, a, a, an email um, saying, hey, here's what we got. You know, here's where we think buildings are. Um, but uh, since this project is so large and we have an architect, a, a, a civil, and an LA, we need to break responsibility so that everyone's, you know, clear. And then I said, our... Uh, area responsibility ends at the building envelope, you know, and then which seems like a no brainer when you put it that simply, just, right? Where's the building envelope? Yeah, there oh, we go. Oh, who? Yeah, who's who's designing buildings? Oh, architects. Got it. Yep. And then I I sent that out. Probably said some other stuff. Um, and I was I was waiting. Like, what are they going to say? Are they going to try to push back? And then we looked through their files, and we we, we should have known this from the beginning. Um, but they have a road and sidewalk plan. So if they would have pushed back, like, no, we feel like you should be in charge, you know, whatever excuse they're going to make, uh, my email would be simply one of your deliverables is the road and sidewalk <laughs> plans. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is your area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you get a response back? So they just said, Hey, we'll take care of it. Beautiful. They went, went to the meeting that was like on a Wednesday, Thursday meeting. Um, they, they, Moved some buildings around, showed all the stuff. We talked about everything. They said they were going to put everything on their plans. And then I said, okay, just to reiterate, we're going to have one plan to, to rule them all. And Civil's doing it. And actually, these guys are actually great. Um, they, they came up here and visited with us and all that stuff. So I was preparing for like the worst or a little bit of a... Civil war. Civil war. <laughs> But um, these guys were they 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 were just on the ball. They're like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Wow. We'll, we're good to go. Wow, congratulations! Here we go. Yeah. So that's number one. Number one. Okay. Now part, part two of the Civil War. Civil War two. Yeah. Different different project. Different uh, civil. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I'm still struggling to be <laughs> a, a licensed architect managing huge projects with multiple people. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I got, all of a sudden I get a phone call where this is the, I won't even name the project. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't even need to be named. All right. And it's someone I'm like, I didn't even know who it was. So they passed me to another employee at their firm, which is, which is fine because sometimes I do that, but it was a cold call and asking questions that we've already went over. Ah. And I was upset because I feel like I'm a busy person. And I do, don't need. Well, <laughs> slightly busy guy. Slightly busy guy. Yep. I don't have time to repeat myself and go over the whole projects again, especially when I spent four to six meetings with apparently your Literally boss. Literally four to six meetings. So why am I having to do you know your job? Mm -hmm. um, I was upset. Yeah. And then and then did that, 
and then got back a drawing. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I had a red line, everything. And then finally I said, just come into my office. Like we need to fix this out. So then I took that guy. I showed him the whole project. I showed him what was going on. He didn't even know what was going on. So he thought that they were all right, garages. and it's not his fault. So you can't get mad at that guy, but you can, you know, but the, but it the sh- delegation is the problem. It should always go to the top, and and and, and here's the the takeaway from it is that the top at that other firm, and what we should do is, hey, I'm bringing in this guy, and you do a mutual trade off, and then the second thing to know from our perspective or from your perspective, if you're getting passed to someone, tell them come in, let's talk about it, um, and just nip it in the butt. So go head on to the problem. And take and and own the whole thing, right? Yes. And again, to circle back to our uh, other advice, know that you're going to have to do everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, so like, because in my head, you could almost say like, "Hey, hey, boss at the other firm, did you bring them up to speed? Are you going to trust that they brought them up to speed? Are you going to tell them to come into your office and and bring them up to speed?" Yeah, yeah. Option two. Yeah. Civil wars, ladies and gentlemen. Civil wars. There civil you go. Wars. Understand what you got to do. Yeah. And who, and where your responsibility ends, for sure. So do you feel better now about all this? Are you good now? Are you finally good? We still keep Maybe. complaining about the civil I'll wars. I'll try not to complain. Okay, good. All right. Uh, <laughs> how about delegating priorities uh, for projects? So we had a couple of those happen this week, right? Um, so here, here, you yeah. know, no, you keep going. So I think I've I've had a pretty good pretty mm. good lesson from this week and that is uh so I'm a, I'm a workaholic I just have to be uh especially you know co-running this firm uh, you know I can't really take a day off typically I mean I I can take some days off but not not two weeks so I have a honeymoon coming up and I'm, I'm panicking about it and I've been just like burning the midnight oil in both or candle in both ends trying to get ready for it and I finally got to a breaking point where I've been telling like potential clients that are <clears throat> coming through the door I mean, through emails and stuff that, hey, especially when I'm, we, I've landed a few contracts this past week and said, hey, can't meet and start with you until X. And surprisingly, even some existing clients have been, as soon as I tell them, oh, I'm, I'm going on a honeymoon, like something personal like that, they've actually respected it, which I've been completely surprised about. Mm-hmm. That there's no pushback or anything like that. Yeah. So you want to get into yeah. my story? Yeah. So. It was, I think it was, uh, it doesn't matter what day it was, but basically I got two of the same phone calls, two clients needing something at that day. 11th hour. Yep. That, yep. They said that day needs to be done. Um, w- w- one client said, Hey, we need these changes from the city. And, and, and I just responded and they said, we need it ASAP. I go, okay, I'll look at it tomorrow. And then on Friday I'll, I'll turn it around to you. They said, absolutely not. We need it today. And I had meeting after meeting. And then also I had uh, um, our development. I've been trying to get our development ready for submittal next Thursday. So I was like, no, I need it because I haven't been able to work on that project as much as I needed to be because I'm doing all these other things. So no, I'm doing this project and it involved another person too. So I know it was going to take longer. We weren't going to get it done in that day anyways. Right? So I said, I can't. And I show them a screenshot of my next two days. We're just booked with meetings. And they, they said, no, we need this done ASAP. I go, I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to happen. You know, just not going to we're work on it as fast as we can, but you know, it's going to be Friday. And then they said, you know, okay, thanks. They were probably pissed about it. Right. But this client also has drugged their feet for a long time, dragged out the project. So all of a sudden they need something really quick. Yeah. Right. That same day, another client, <laughs> there was a mess up. I need this done today. I'm sending up a guy. I looked at it. It was my fault. 
It was my fault. I We were supposed to translate from the civil, so this is my fault, not the civil war, <laughs> onto our plans. Yeah. And we didn't put where all the lines were. And I just delegated to one of my guys, and I, I didn't review it because I thought that it would be simpler. Because it's supposed to be a one-to-one. One-to-one, but it's civil, so it was my fault because I didn't overlook it. And these people don't drag their feet. It's already in the city, and it was our fault. So that's where, bam, I stopped my priorities. I went. I redlined every single line that needs to change. I moved the lines on it. All my guy had to do was label everything, print it, you know, coordinate it, and get it done. So I think that's the big key is, okay, was it – if there's a problem with something we're doing, was it our fault? Okay, then if it's our fault – and if they demand it that day or, you know, as soon as possible, yes, run head on. Yep. But if somebody's been dragging their feet or let's say a field issue comes up and it's a screw up from, let's say somebody is supposed to pour a wall at 13 feet tall and they pour it at 12 foot four, hint, hint, that happened this week. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they want us to revise all of the framing plans for the main floor to try to make up the difference and all this other stuff. Well, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to wait until we can get on that. Yes, you're still a priority, but we can't drop everything because of your screw up. And it also has to do with, I kind of remember a time when I'd only have one or two projects going and they might have a deadline of two to three weeks off. Then if they called me and even if it wasn't our fault or whatever, oh, I'd, I'd slip them in. Here mm-hmm. we go. Ready mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. But when I have 10 to 15 projects and no time and... You know, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. So yeah. be, be okay with that. And then it was, it was actually very fortuitous because what if I would have promised that first guy? Yeah, I'll be done today. And then the second guy yep. came in. Exactly. Like yep. you got to hold your ground on. You got to hold your ground. There's a line. There's yeah. definitely a line. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we have a, uh, we have a surprise guest coming into the office. He's going to come from the back of yeah. the office. His name is Joshua Kern, and he's going to give us his uh, best and worst advice. Josh has been with us for six months now. Yep. Uh, he was a key part in building the, the last two tiny houses. Uh, so we're excited to have him on, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, so here's Josh uh, with his best and worst advice. So kick us off, Josh. Okay, best advice. When I first graduated from school in a down market, I went and worked for a contractor in New Hampshire for a number of years. And the advice that he gave me, shout out to Vince, Vince Todd, V. Todd Construction, invest in yourself. That could be tools, that could be expanding your knowledge base, practicing, honing the skills and knowledge that you have. That will just make you more valuable in the long run and kind of boost your self-esteem and what you believe and know you're capable of doing. Yeah, so to go on that, I'll interrupt in between everyone. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's this is, live. this is live. I think that's so key. So one of the most practical ways I apply that is every time we get a rendering job, especially from other companies, is how do I learn another technique? And this is what we tell our students: is like, okay, we taught you, we taught you all this. This is the standard. Now you can Google something, you can find something out, and go one step behind beyond. So I think that's great advice. Yeah, I would agree. Um, even for even for every single time we do a new uh, custom house, like say in, in the firm, or how about this? When Josh and I have been doing the majority of the as builts um, in in the firm, so you know we'll go to Denver and I'll start in the basement, and he'll start on the upper floor, and then we kind of meet in the middle. And I think you have gotten some techniques, uh, sort of developing some new techniques for how to how to get more accurate, right? And one of the big ones lately was. Measure. Okay, let's. Me- I'm actually going to measure the outside, and we're going to kind of yeah. try to just get 
the the wall thickness sort of approximate. It's like a, it's a little forensic technique. You find the difference between an interior dimension versus your exterior and help you kind of parse what that wall construction might be or at least limit the possibilities. So you Some of the these outside? are so old they could be anything. You go to the outside and do it? So I will start in the basement because usually what will happen is <clears throat> I can get – I'll be able to at least shoot like concrete to concrete in, in these old bungalows in Denver. And so we know that'll be pretty much 100% spot on. But we found that like going – what would happen is we'd try to go from outs, from inside to outside – once you get to the main floor, it just didn't translate as well because we know, and here's why I think it is, is because we know that like the face of brick on the outside is coincident with the face, with the face of concrete on the outside. So then Josh kind of, you know, flipped it on its head and that's, that's why we've been doing it. You no, know, we, we find like some of what are now like standard nominal dimensions, like a three and a half inch stud doesn't apply to some of these older houses. They might have like fully dimensional lumber. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Hit us up with your next one. Okay, worst advice, and, and this, this drives me nuts. Is this, and is this advice that you, you've been given, right? This is observation and just nonsense I've heard from people that I want to slap out of them. <laughs> okay, this law of attraction nonsense or that good things come to those who wait, it doesn't work that way. You cannot sit there and will yourself a Corvette. You can will yourself uh, the work ethic to go and, and earn the money, and the discipline to have the credit to buy the car, but thinking about it isn't going to bring it into your life. It doesn't work that way. Do you know, do you know what I do think works, though? And I, well, I mean, this is actually a question for you. Do you think, though, that you can will the opportunity? So, like, can you will the ah, opportunity? That actually brings me to the point. Okay. It's saying something comes to people who wait. Waiting is not the same as patience. It's not the same. And if... You'll say something is luck to something. I am a wise man said there is no such thing as luck, or in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. If I have an equation for what luck equals, it is preparedness and opportunity. So you go back to the best advice, and you invest in yourself, and you have these skills. They're honed, they're sharpened, they're ready to pounce, and you recognize an opportunity, and putting those together is luck. Recognizing an opportunity, being prepared to seize it at any cost. Yeah, I would agree with you on the, the wishy-washy, just general, it's going to come. I would say it's worth it to put a, a general globe orb of a goal out there. And then it's not, and then realize that, okay, that, that goal might be cool or something that you want, but who knows if you're going to hit it and who knows what circumstances are going to come. So the process is actually the key. So while you're going towards that goal, it's exactly like your best advice. Are you learning something new? Are you doing something that improves you? All that. Um, and whether you hit that goal or not is, is okay because the process was worth it in itself. An older gentleman I met uh, when I first came to Denver kind of puts that succinctly. He asked me if I had a plan for when I got here. And I kind of prattled on about, off the top of my head, some bullet points of thought, things that I wanted to achieve. And he stopped me. He said, a plan is written down. Do you have a plan? Mm. And I think that's the difference. Oh, okay. That, that's, so you believe in plans. Uh, just like Jocko says, shout out Jocko Podcast. Jocko Podcast. Hey, I wonder if anyone bought a shirt and is wearing it right now. You, you, as you we just speak. might. Discipline equals freedom. Jocko Podcast. So make the plan, execute the plan, follow the plan. Otherwise, you're just sitting around daydreaming, hoping things will happen without putting in the diligence and the work to make it happen. Right. Very nice. Yeah. 
Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for the little segment. Uh, well, thanks for having me, buddy. <laughs> happy, happy to bring you in. And uh, any any last thing you want to say before we sign I, off? I, I got a last question. Let's put him on the spot. Okay. Anything, anything you want to... How's working at F9? <laughs> it's pretty great. I'm not going to lie. You don't, you don't have to say that. There's, there's no one here listening. There's absolutely no foul play whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Josh. Later. Next up, we have our bestie. Best friend. Our whole bestie. Our, best, our number one bestie in the whole world, uh, Nick, Nick Renard. Dig Architecture is here for this week's segment of Nick Reads. Hello, best friends. Vitruvius and his 10 books of architecture. Chapter 1. The Education of the Architect. The architect should be equipped with knowledge of many branches of study and varied kinds of learning. For it is by his judgment that all work done by the other arts is put to test. This knowledge is the child of practice and theory. Practice is a continuous and regular exercise of employment where manual work is done with any necessary material according to the design of a drawing. Theory, on the other hand, is the ability to demonstrate and explain the productions of dexterity on the principles of proportion. It follows, therefore, that architects who have aimed at acquiring manual skill without scholarship have never been able to reach a position of authority to correspond to their pains. While those who have relied upon theories and scholarship were obviously haunting the shadow, not the substance. But those who have a thorough knowledge of both like men armed at all points, have the sooner attained their object and carried authority with them. Ah, Vitruvius. Al, it's not how far you go, it's how go you far. Toodles! I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> for, the, for the record, <laughs> that was titled Vitruvius, you kinky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What what I love about it, I think, I think it's obvious, and people say this: you have to put practice and theory together, right? Yep. And not just I want to say just practice as architecture, but actually getting out in the field, getting on the front lines, going in, you know, the kill room, all that stuff. But man, that line: if you are just practicing theory, you are hunting shadows, not substance. I was like, oh, oh you you crushed it, Vitruvius. You crushed it. You crushed it. And then on the other line, because then someone will take that. Yeah, theory. You guys are dumb you're shadow hunters you, you don't know nothing mm-hmm. and then someone just all practical all out in the field you you're not going to rise to any sort of prominence unless you can at least understand and master but not yeah come put both together wouldn't you say yeah yeah i don't think you can be well-rounded enough honestly yeah. as but as anybody anybody who wants to do anything substantial in their life you know, and you go out there and, and build something or do something great. You got to be well-rounded. You got to be able to shoot the shit with everybody, yeah. right? You got to yeah. like somehow have. Con- That's I think one big thing about like, honestly, why I think we're decent salesmen is that we can go out there and we can talk with all we can talk with all different kinds of people and try to re- and relate to them in some kind of different ways. You yeah. know, like I can't believe how like much gardening and chickens have come across even for pitching with these TV producers. Like, who would have known that it would have been like an asset to them? Yeah, and then and then. Uh, you know, I don't know if people ask or try to be a leader, but the answer is just to do. And if you look at some of the most successful companies, Facebook, not only is he, you know, you have to have both. He's a leader and, you know, he's running the whole vision, but he codes. Uh, Bill Gates, same thing, nerd. Uh, the Google guys, they're running the whole thing, but they 
did the code themselves. Elon Musk. There you go. Like, there's no way his space company or his car company could work unless he actually knew how to design rockets and all that. And that's just because he's super smart. But that's why the, these these other space companies can't even compare. They're, they have CEOs that don't know uh, rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's no dig on them. A lot of people don't know rocket science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, All right. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Uh, Next time, we're going to try to give you at least a day in advance. Yeah, we gave him an hour (laughs) to get back to us. (laughs) I really appreciate it. We've been so busy. We were actually even thinking about doing like a segment today on like, are we too busy? Are we too busy? It's just been a crapshoot. But what else are best friends for besides? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, last segment here will be, again... Alex continuing his brilliant streak of answering code questions 100%. from the International Building Code, just killing it, absolutely yeah. destroying it. Um, and so here we go. Know what I learned from uh, listening to stuff while I'm on my drives going to all these meetings? No. They said the new, R- new ARE is going to be less about root memorization of random nonsense. So hopefully it shouldn't be like, hey, can you remember you know, how much a mantle needs to stick out. And it's supposed to be more about applying concepts because that's the feedback that they got. Because how could you memorize every little thing that pops out or comes out or anything like that? And that's probably why we thought that the contractor's test was so great because if you really had a question, you can look it up and still understand. Yeah, it was really great. Again, I would just, I'm thinking about taking it for fun. Again, so good. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Crushed it. Just wish they would have give you the score at the end, like ninety five percent or something, yeah. so I can make a plaque hanging on the fridge. Have my wife put it on the fridge for me. Yep. All right. Chapter twenty three. Wood, sir. Okay. So uh, this question, I'm going to set it up for you. Is think about type four construction, so like heavy timber. And so if you were putting of this floor deck. So the question is going to be 2304.11.4 floor decks. So think about if you were putting like tongue and groove flooring down as a floor deck instead of like plywood sheathing. Okay. Yep. All right. Floor decks and coverings shall not extend closer than how many inches to walls? A quarter inch, B half inch, C three quarter inch, D one inch. I, I, I'll say, uh, Quarter inch and all, the only reason why is because I don't think that um, uh, the, what do you call it? The deflection, you know. Would, Expansion, uh, contraction. Uh, yep. Would be more. Much because I just learned this this morning, concrete over 60 foot is a quarter of an inch. What is even less than that? What is less than half of that? So I'm going to say quarter inch. Oh, that concrete. Like if you're doing a concrete deck, it'll expand up to quarter inch. Over 60 feet. It, and and that was if you were going from forty degrees to ninety degrees, which is which is a you know whatever. you can do that in Colorado, yeah, overnight for sure. So what did you say? Quarter. And the streak continues, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. The answer is B, a half inch, half inch, <laughs> half inch. So I so I think that, so wood wood can I don't know maybe it can contract and expand that much. I have no idea. But the end I think the idea is you you don't put it all the way next to the wall and then you cover that gap with trim. Yeah, you know, yeah. Some kind of well, like, your drywall or whatever will come down, and then you'll have trim too. So, oh, there I, you go. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Or or wood siding. So, yeah, I just didn't know the gap would be that big. Did you yep. think it'd be that big? No, I don't know. Some of these, no, I didn't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Quarter inch, quarter inch seems plausible, doesn't that? That seems like right. A quarter inch on each side because then quarter you have inch. a half inch. Quarter yeah. inch. Yep. There you go. Nope. Yeah, half nope. inch. Nope. No half more. Inch. You know. There you go. 
Uh, this is sort that's of funny. A, that's the first one I got wrong. <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Out of all these. Oh wow! Yeah. Twenty. Twenty. So next question. Twenty-three oh four dot twelve dot one dot one. This is a two-part question, kind of. Okay. Joyce. Uh, Joyce girders and subfloors. The title. Okay. Wood Joyce. Or wood structural floors that are closer than how many inches to the exposed ground in crawl spaces or unexcavated areas located within the within the perimeter of the building foundation shall be of naturally durable of preservative treated wood. So how close how like if they get let me repeat that, okay? Wood joists or wood structural floors that are closer than how many inches to the exposed ground and crawl spaces or unexpected areas within the perimeter of the building foundation shall be of naturally durable. Or so, what? What? How close do you have to get before it triggers being pressure treated? And, and let me clarify the question before you give um, the solutions. Would this be if you have a crawl space? And let's say the crawl space at some points the dirt comes up to twelve inches. So, like, it's that dirt reaching the bottom of this joist. That's the distance. Exactly, exactly. Yep. yep. So, Colorado, we usually do three-foot foundations, so you end up with uh, maybe a 30-inch crawl space or something like that. Yeah, or, if you set them in or you set them on top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there he goes. No, no, actually, it would be three feet. I'm sorry, because yeah. you're going on top. But, like, let's say you're, you know, in Arizona or something, uh, or southern Colorado, where you can get down to, like, two-foot uh, foundation depths, right? This is where it would start triggering. Or this. if someone messes up your foundation height. Oh, like if they pour it eight inches not high enough? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Drawings are hard to read. Okay, so the I'll, I'll let me take over. A, 12 inches. <laughs> B, 16 inches. C, 18 inches. D, 24 inches. Um, I'll say 18. Again, I'm shooting in the dark. Congratulations! Wow! Congratulations! Yeah. So if the joists become, if the joists now, the joists, right? Um, get close, get 18 inches or closer. Got to be preservative treated. They got to be pressure treated. Blah blah blah. Why that made sense to me is because I feel like you could scoot under 18 inches. I mean, you could probably do a foot too, but that would be terrible. That'd be awful. But if you go lower than 18 inches, like you're not gonna get down there. You might as well treat that sucker. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I honestly think like I think that's a good rule because then maybe the you know the if there's evaporation, right, the moisture can get sucked up and wicked into those uh, joists. So like there is something about the proximity of being you know mm-hmm. where it yeah. can start messing with. Okay, this is the second part of the question, and it it's wood girders, right? So joists are like the secondary members, right? A girder is a bigger member that would hold up the joists. Okay. So wood girders that are closer than how many inches to the exposed ground in crawl spaces or unexcavated areas located within the perimeter of the building foundation shall be of naturally durable or preservative treated wood. A, 12 inches. B, 16 inches. C, 18 inches. D, 24 inches. And think about it if the girder, right? Then this is why I think if these are the joists and there's a girder below it holding up those, okay? Uh, What would that lead you to? I, I think... I thought you just put this in here to trick me, to be honest. Nope. Because I, I wanted to say the same 18-inch should apply. See, this is, that, this, is the, this is why it's valuable to know. Because, because that now I'm getting from you. You don't have a point. That's not true. Yeah. Uh, don't you think a girder, you'd want it to be that far or further? But if you're putting the girder below. Because it's the primary member, and like if the primary member fails... The, build, building building fall down building fall down go boom. are you saying this is going to be a counterintuitive answer i am just come on being your are friend over here this is more this is more just a practical friend 
What do you think it is? C. What'd you say? C? No, no, no. No, no. I, I, I want to say logically, they should be far. If, if it's not 18, which I think it should be 18, then it needs to be 24 because these are more, um, you know, these are. Yeah, yeah. It should be 24. It should be 24. Incorrect. 12. A. 12 inches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they did 12 because they recognize that, like, uh, they got to give you some kind of leniency. Right, if you're but, dropping but a beam below a floor joist, if but you're dropping why? a beam it, in your crawl space below it, a floor joist, the only reason I could see is that if it if it's bigger, maybe like it protects itself a little bit more. But even if this was at the same level, let's say it wasn't dropped, yeah. let's say it was flush. If you got to treat those, then you got to treat those. Doesn't mean you have to treat the rest. Just means you got to treat those. Yes, totally makes sense to me. Fair enough. But any last words of advice as we sign off? Uh, and oh, are we gonna? Was, so we'll be taking a two week break here, right? I'll just do it myself and it'll be way better. Wow. Sweet. <laughs> hopefully. And then hopefully they'll switch back and forth mic to mic. Oh, I'll go talk. Just, yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll talk and you'll run around the conference table. Yeah. No, we're taking a break. Lance is going on vacation. Uh, I'll let you end it since you're going on the break. But I, I just want to thank everyone for uh, improving yourself, improving your life, improving uh, the world around you, which includes your loved ones and everyone that's going to live in this world in the future. So thanks for getting after it. Here, here. Follow us on the Twitter, Facebook. Leave an iTunes review if you would. Please uh, do. Check us out on SoundCloud. We love you all, and we will see you soon.